It is Sunday, April 6, 2014. This is U62 the Targ. Let's do this. As we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. All right, here it comes. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Why, what a little tiny microchip deep inside some electronics. Broadcasting to the world through the miracle of the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, this is U62, the TAR. Now your host, a man with a lifelong dream of getting paid to do this, Mark Pappas. On this week's show, the best episode of Community, I watch The Hidden Fortress and I explain what a Criterion Collection is. It's episode 710, Announcer's Block. So sit back, relax, grab yourself some warm root beer and a towel that's oh so fluffy. You 62 the targ, you're in for something special. Enjoy the show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Campus here. Welcome to this week's episode of the Targ. I got to admit, I'm not really feeling it tonight. I'm going through a bit of announcer's block. I'm really not sure what to talk about on uh, this week's show. There's just nothing that really caught my eye. About the only thing that really happened to me this past week that just made me totally and completely geek out was the latest episode of Community. I love Community. I think it's one of the funniest shows on TV. It's about a study group at a community college. It's a group of people from diverse walks of life, and it's just so full of pop culture references. And this past week's episode was one of the best pop culture references they ever did. The entire thing was an episode of G.I. Joe. Yes, the classic G.I. Joe cartoon from the 1980s. It was animated just like G.I. Joe. They recycled the same music from G.I. Joe. And according to the creators, Hasbro was shockingly cooperative in letting them abuse the franchise like this. Oh my god, they got the original voice actors for Duke and Flint to come back and voice Duke and Flint as their special guest stars. You know, I was watching it and it was open just like an episode of G.I. Joe. I'm like, oh my god. This is freaking awesome. Uh, You know how the G.I. Joe cartoon always opened with that uh, opening narration in the theme song? G.I. Joe is the code name of America's daring, highly trained special missions force. I like how they changed it for the opening. They shortened it a bit. The narrator goes, look, I think we're overselling this. All you need to know is the bad guys are snakes and the good guys are army people. Uh, Just it was so funny and just. How it worked into the continuity of the show is uh, the main character, Jeff Winger. It turned, as revealed in the end, in the big Shyamalan twist ending, he was having his 40th birthday. So to celebrate, he was drinking alone. He drank a fifth of scotch. And it didn't mix well with the sketchy-looking anti-aging pills he picked up from a sketchy little market in Koreatown. So the booze and pills didn't mix, and the entire episode was his coma dream, where he young, where he yearned for the carefree days of his youth. I was watching that and just thinking, man, oh man, that's probably how I'm going to celebrate my 40th birthday. I mean, that's the whole end. He's like, oh, I want to stay in this coma dream where my 10-year-old fantasies are coming true. I'm fighting G.I. Joe. I'm fighting Cobra alongside G.I. Joe. It's so awesome. And then Duke 
Remember, this is the original voice actor, the exact same voice of Duke from my youth, which was really pushed this line over the top. Duke asks uh, Jeff Winger, whose uh, G.I. Joe name was Wingman. So, Wingman, you've been to the real world? Yep. Tell me something. What are boobies like? And then that's when Jeff realizes that, you know, in the halcyon days of G.I. Joe, they don't have things like booze and sex or anything like that. All of the cool things that come with being a grown up. So that causes him to stir from his coma dream and return to the real world. But oh, my gosh, if you're not watching Community, you really should, because it is one of the funniest TV shows out there. And if you grew up with G.I. Joe like me, you will agree that is one of the funniest episodes they have done. Ah, speaking of funny, how about some Jeff Foxworthy here on U62 The Card? If you've been on television more than five times describing what the tornado sounded like, you might be a redneck. If you've ever cut your grass and found a car, if your dad walks you to school because you're in the same grade, if you've ever been too drunk to fish, you might be a redneck. If someone asks to see your ID and you show them your belt buckle. If every day somebody comes to your door mistakenly thinking you're having a yard sale. If you've ever had to haul a can of paint to the top of a water tower to defend your sister's honor. You might be a redneck. If your dog and your wallet are both on chain you might be a redneck they always make fun of the way i talk and i keep telling them i said you're gonna be real surprised when you get to heaven and saint peter says y'all get in the truck we going up the big house if you've ever financed a tattoo if you've ever made change in the offering plate you might be a redneck. We have words in the South they don't have in other parts of the country. Now, you come to the South, we have words like, yunkta. We going to mall, yunkta. What letter does that start with? Does anybody know? I like this word a lot. Uh, that's a word in Texas. Uh, around lunchtime every day, you hear somebody say, Hey, G, yeah. No, G. You don't do? All right. If you go to the family reunion to meet women, if you smoked during your wedding, you might be a redneck. And last but not least, if you see a sign that says, say no to crack, and it reminds you to pull your jeans up. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming out tonight. God bless you. Thank you again. Jeff Foxworthy, the redneck stomp here on U62, the Targ. I just had an urge to listen to that this past week, so I dug it out of my CD collection. That's the weird thing with me working at a country music station now and being the music director. You know, back in the 1990s, 20 years ago, country music was really booming thanks to Garth Brooks just breaking all kinds of barriers. And in that period, I was deeply into country music. I've still got 
tons of country music albums just cluttering my apartment. So now that I'm working at a country music station, I'm going through all those old albums. Ooh, this song was awesome. Why aren't we playing that? Oh, this is a good one. I should sneak that into the library. So yeah, one of these days I'm going to thoroughly abuse my power and just slip a whole bunch of my old favorite classics into the library, but I probably won't abuse my power like that because I'm a good guy. I learned the lessons from G.I. Joe. I follow the chain of command. Uh, but as I said, I kind of got like an announcer's block in this week's show. I don't know what to talk about. I could tell you about The Hidden Fortress. I just finished watching that. The Hidden Fortress, classic 1958 samurai film from legendary director Akira Kurosawa. So you're probably sitting there thinking, oh, Mark, I know why you purchased that film. It is because as a lover of fine cinema, you too probably recognize Kurosawa as one of the greatest directors of all time. So of course you want to review his work. No, that's not why I bought it. Oh, well then, you're probably thinking to yourself, you silly otaku, you, you spent all that time in Japan, you probably developed a soft spot for samurai films, so you're just craving one of the classics of the genre. No, it's not that either. It's because of Star Wars. The Hidden Fortress has long been acknowledged by George Lucas as his number one inspiration for Star Wars. So I've been wanting to see it for a long time just because of that to see what George Lucas borrowed from it. And you know, it's actually a pretty cool film once I stopped looking for the Star Wars references and just, you know, started enjoying it. Basically what it is in feudal Japan, a kingdom has fallen and what uh, the samurai has to do is he's escorting the uh, princess out of the hostile territory into a friendly kingdom where she can live in exile and, you know, start rebuilding her kingdom. And along the way, they pick up two, pre two peasants who, you know, start plotting to steal their gold and stuff like that. And it's a very funny film. It's a very fun film. It's a just a joyous little action film. It's just, it's just great. But you can see where George Lucas picked up the stuff for Star Wars. The two peasants who are constantly conspiring to steal the gold, they are... R2-D2 and C-3PO. There's a tall one and a short one. They're constantly bickering. The tall one is always complaining about their lot in life. It It is R2-D2 and C-3PO. And George Lucas is like, yep, that's the number one thing I stole. And there's little things too, you know, like those trademark uh, Star Wars scene changes where it wipes across the scene, where it wipes across the screen. That's what I'm trying to say. That's all in the Hidden Fortress. That's how they do the scene changes in that film. Uh, there is one character who shows up who could possibly be the inspiration for Darth Vader because he and our samurai, when they first meet their old friends, they have a duel. And then, of course, they part company. And then when that uh, other samurai shows up at the end of the film, his face is now horribly scarred and he's hiding in shadows and he's seeking vengeance. So... Yeah, that could be Darth Vader. But all in all, Hidden Fortress, a very fun film. You should probably check it out. Even if you don't like Star Wars, it's just a fun little action film. You're listening to Mark Caffis. It's clear to all of you that I am awesome. On U62, The Tar. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Streams are swollen, keep them doggies rolling raw hard. For rain and wind and weather, hell bent for leather. We 
wishing my gal was by my side All the things I'm missing Good bills, love and kissing Are waiting at the end of my ride Move them on, hit them up Move them on, hit them up Roll high, cut them out Ride them in, cut them out Cut them out, ride them in Stand up, just rope, throw, and brand up. Soon we'll be living high and wide. My heart's calculating, my true love will be waiting, be waiting at the end of my life. Move them on, hit them up, hit them up, move them on, move them on, hit them up, raw hide, cut them out, ride them in, ride them in, cut them out, cut them out, ride them in, raw hide. Another one I'm tempted to sneak into the library, the Blues Brothers covering the theme from Rawhide here on U62 The Tar. Good afternoon, Mark Kappas here. Uh, just about ready to wrap this up, which is good because as I've been saying, I don't know what to talk about. I just told you about watching The Hidden Fortress. I didn't know whether I should pick up the Blu-ray or not because it is a Criterion Edition. You know what Criterion Editions are, right? Criterions are the Cadillac of Blu-ray Special Editions. Criterion pretty much invented the DVD Special Edition as we know it today. They were the ones who came up with the idea of bonus features and documentaries about the film and running commentaries talking about the film, and they started doing it on Laserdiscs way back in the mid-1980s. Yes. And then, of course, when things moved on, they moved from the special edition Laserdiscs into the special edition DVDs. DVDs kind of messed them up a little bit because as DVD caught on and quickly became mainstream, suddenly a lot of movie studios started you know, pumping out their own DVD special editions. So Criterion, they refocused a little bit. Uh, now, rather than doing all kinds of films, they can focus mainly on, you know, cult classics and forgotten classics. Uh, but, you know, it is a name brand, as I said, the Cadillac is Special Edition, so you do have to pay a little bit extra for the brand name, so I don't have a lot of them in my collection. Uh, for DVDs, I have the criterions of Chasing Amy, of course, because I'm a Kevin Smith guy, Armageddon. I frequently say I can't hop on the I Hate Michael Bay bandwagon too hard because I own the Criterion edition of Armageddon and uh, Monty Python's Life of Brian. For Blu-ray, I own the Criterions of Godzilla. Yes, a Criterion of Godzilla. Uh, the Royal Tenenbaums and now The Hidden Fortress. 
Another one I keep getting tempted to pick up, and that's the criterion for Brazil. Terry Gilliam's classic 1985 dystopian tale. I love dystopian tales ever since I read 1984 in high school, and Brazil is just one I want to check out because of that. Ah, but as a criterion, man, those are expensive. I'll take any donations if you want to help me out with that. But you know what? I've rambled enough for a guy who didn't know what to talk about. I think I filled my 15 minutes of time quite adequately. I'm Mark Kappas. This has been The Targ. I will see you next week. And this brings us to the end of another exciting episode of The Targ. Don't forget you can download a new episode of The Targ every week at chaosinabox.com. The Targ is written and produced by Mark Kappas under the watchful eye of 42 Star Wars action figures. The Targ is a Chaos in a Box production. Well, that was pointless. Yeah.